Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bajani and Creighton. I mean, I'm still definitely competing competing for a spot. You know, I don't think uh, I don't think anything's given around here, maybe unless, you know, you're on, you're on a contract, which, you know, I'm not. So uh, definitely coming in competing and, you know, trying, trying to make the rotation again. But I have full confidence that I that I can do it and have a better year than I had last year. That's JV Junior, aka Hunter Brown, right there talking about uh, him not being guaranteed a roster spot. I love that mentality, by the way. Um, as far as I'm concerned, Hunter, you're good, man. But I love the mentality, and it got me thinking about um, you know players on this squad that have the most to prove this season. I'm not talking about the spring necessarily, but the season. Like, who do you need to see the most from to make you feel really good inside? Um, I think there's a lot of guys that could potentially be on your list. I'll give you some that are on my list. 713-572-4610 if you want to weigh in. Who's on your list as Astros that have the most to prove this season? I immediately thought of guys in no particular order, guy Jake Myers, Christian Javier, Jose Abreu, um, who I don't feel like people talk about enough. Uh, Rafael Montero. Um, I, I think all of those guys have a lot to prove. Montero got paid. Abreu got paid. He was brought in. He needs to produce. Christian Javier needs to get back to... You know, that legitimate number two, number three guy in a rotation that we thought we were going to have last year. Jake Myers has to prove that the Astros' faith and belief in him isn't just because, well, sometimes really good teams make bad decisions. He's got to prove a lot to you, Astro fans. MLB.com, though, PC, has one guy and one guy only. I don't know if I agree with him. Framber Valdez and doing the write-up for MLB.com in this particular article was one Brian McTaggart. And some of the numbers were eye-popping to me because I know the second half was really bad for Framber last year. I just didn't realize it was this bad. Here's what McTaggart had to say. Quote, the lefty starter made a second consecutive all-star team last year, but his second half swoon and poor playoff performances have cast some doubt about what to expect in 2024. After going 7-6 and six with a 251 ERA in his first 17 starts, he was 5-5 five and five with a 466 ERA in his final 14 starts, which included an August 1st no-hitter. So all those bad numbers included that no-hitter. Yeah, they did. 
Um, he lost all three of his postseason starts, yes, we remember, uh, posting a 9 ERA. Whether it was the heavy workload from repeated deep October runs or struggling to adapt to the pitcher timer, uh, Valdez must find a way to rebound. Uh, that from Brian McTaggart. Do you agree or disagree that Framber Valdez has the most to prove for the Houston Astros this year? I don't think he has the most to prove. I think Framber's proven who he can be uh, over a damn near two-year period from 2021 through the first half of 2023. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does hold the record for most uh, consecutive quality starts in a single season. Uh, he was the guy that the Astros thought was going to ascend to be the number one starter of this rotation. Came in last year as the penciled-in ace. Look, you mentioned he was, what, seven and six in the first half. Well, it's a I good mean, first in half. the beginning of the year, they like I think his first six starts, they only scored more than two runs from once. That was when they bombed Pittsburgh for ten runs. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he didn't get any run support. Mm-hmm. I remember writing an article about that. So... You know, the, the idea of does he have the most to prove, I think he needs to get out of his own head with the pitch clock and the rules on stepping off and, you know, throwing to first base. He needs to get out of his head on all of that and remember who the hell he is, what kind of stuff he's got, and just execute his pitches. Mm-hmm. You know what? If the guy's on first base, still second, Bro, he's still second. Strike the guy out at the plate. doesn't matter. You know, go get your ground ball. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Rebounding from, you know, rough starts uh, or a rough inning. You know, I I just think, you know, without getting too specific, because I, I just think when, when Framber realizes, you know what, maybe I don't have the best stuff. You got to get a little bit creative. He's been a guy where he's needed a little time, where he's got to walk around the mound. He's got to crouch down, take a breath, you know. Uh, talk to Correa, talk to Maldonado, just kind of get his mind right. You don't have the time for that. And I, I just wonder, you know, with the the pitch clock being an issue maybe last year or a contributing factor to him not having the time to do that, should we expect it to be an issue this year? I mean, I would not, at least certainly from a widespread standpoint throughout Major League Baseball, guys understand the rule. Here's what it is. You pitched the season with it already. Is Framber a guy that's going to be able to come in quickly and adapt to that? And should we also assume that, you know, for the first time really since Carlos Correa hadn't been here, that Framber's going to be able to control this on his own? Sometimes there's things we just don't know, mm-hmm. right? Because Framber didn't have a problem with the pitch clock the first half of the year. He didn't have a problem with the rules the first half of the year. It developed in the second half of the year. Why? Was there something off the field? Yeah, contributing that, factors. That contributed? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Rafael Montero had an absolutely brutal first half of the year, settled in the second half. Of Acceptable, the year. yeah. Now, depending on... But he also pitched in much lower leverage situations. But, look, you, you, you pitched is, is what you pitched. And if you were, were pitching... In the first half of the year, and every time you came in the game, you gave a home run. It didn't matter whether you were uh, in a tie game, winning, losing, up big, down big, ninth inning, fifth inning, 14th inning. Just, all right, he's in the game. He is going to give up a long ball because he can't help it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because every time he throws a pitch, it tails right back. Like He's got a lot of movement on his pitches. He's always had movement. His problem has been managing that movement, commanding that movement. The first half of the year, every time he would throw uh, that that tail, it would cut right back across the heart of the plate, and it would just get annihilated because he didn't, uh, he couldn't control where that was going to go. So here, for example, right, first half of the season, he allowed an OPS of nine twenty three. You're talking about Montero. Montero. Mm-hmm. In the second half, seven sixteen. That's a huge difference. Sure, seven sixteen. You're you're. That's pretty solid. What's that's the well uh, What's the sample size on that? The the innings that's first pitched. half, second half, last season. So last season, uh, first half, thirty seven games, six fifty seven ERA. 
159 whip over 38 and a third. Gave up 46 hits. Okay. And eight homers. Uh Uh-huh. Second half, had a 310 ERA in 31 games. 29 innings pitched, 28 hits, 144 whip, 40 strikeouts, 29 innings, only allowed three homers. So the home runs, way down. The hits, way down. Um, The walks were still up. Yeah, you got to get the whip down. Strikeouts were up in the second half Mm -hmm. from nine to 12 and a half per nine. So, like, he started to find the groove. In the second half. Can you give me second half Montero to pitch in the sixth inning? That's all I'm asking for. Right. I'm, I'm just, just sixth inning, maybe sometimes in the seventh. That's all I'm asking for. I've heard rumblings. There were some off-the-field issues that were keeping Montero very distracted mm-hmm. early in the season that when those issues calmed down, so did he. Mm-hmm. I can't say it's fun to censor is things that I've heard. Well, but the, so it's rumor. The, the, those are commonality kind of issues that you know ball players, you know, Look, go through. And, people and, are and so human. it makes sense. So yeah, sure. Just because you play baseball doesn't make you a robot. These guys still have families. They still have lives. And no matter who you are or what you do for a living, if you are embattled, if, if your marriage is on the rocks, if you have a sick child. If you have a child who's in trouble, if you have a, a close relative who is ill or in trouble or hospitalized or is in an accident or things like that, they're going to take your toll on your mental status. Sure. I'm not saying one. I'm not telling anybody. Just so we're clear, I'm not telling anybody. This is what happened, Rafael Montero. He was marriage was messed up. But there was. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is there have been rumors about him having off the field issues. And those are examples of the kind of off-the-field issues that players would have uh, that would cause you to be distracted. Mm-hmm. And that as that settled down, so did he. So hopefully, look, he would not he, – and he's a guy who, look, 2022 was the best year of his career. They definitely overpaid him based on one year. It's the only right. best year he'd ever had in his life. However, we also know the Astros, as an organization, have been great at getting more out of pitchers than any other organization. And the issue at Montero had never been, does he have stuff? He's always had stuff. He didn't always have the best mindset or the best attitude or the best game plan. Mm -hmm. Okay, but now he's got the Astros to give him those things. And when you combine that with having them teach him how to better control his stuff, how to better utilize his stuff... All you have to do is look at what they did with Garrett Cole and Charlie Morton and to remember how good these guys are with taking pitchers who have stuff but have been inconsistent and turning them into big-time players. Right. Well, and you're not giving them a three-year, $54 million contract because you have all of those doubts, though. I mean, they gave him that contract because he produced that year and because you know, they thought maybe that he had a lot of that stuff under control and he was in a good space. And it doesn't mean that that, he can't get back to that space. Sean, they gave him that contract, and by they, I mean Jim Crane. Mm -hmm. Jim Crane gave him that contract because the Astros had just had a historic bullpen season. Yes, it was. Jim Crane wanted to keep the bullpen together as best as possible. And that was 100% a Jim Crane decision to pay Rafael Montero that money. It is, I ever just go, oh, GM Bagwell. Jim Crane made the decision to give Rafael Montero that money. It was 100%. Listen to me very carefully. It was 100% <laughs> Jim Crane. Okay? For a good first half of the season, they felt like they missed on that. All right? If you want to know why Jose Abreu got the contract he did, Jim Crane authored that deal, authorized that deal. If you want to know why the Astros refused to talk to any outfielder whatsoever last year because they were only going to negotiate with Michael Brantley, Jim Crane (laughs) made that decision. I cannot be more specific, more direct. I I can't any more than I am. Jim Crane. Crane. In fact, Jim Crane made that decision at the end of the 2022 season. The Astros had just won the World Series, and he's out there telling you how, look, 
we're going to talk to Michael Brantley about coming back. Nobody, everybody thought Michael Brantley was coming back in April. Michael Brantley thought he was coming back in April. The Astros thought he was coming back in April. Jeff Bagwell thought he was open, ready for opening day. <laughs> other teams all thought he was coming back in April, and then he had a setback. And then another one. And, and then he one. had a second setback. And then he had a third setback. And then he had a fourth setback. Then he tried to come back, and he had a fifth setback. Okay? You cannot anticipate that those things were going to happen. Do you remember when Michael Brantley missed like a, a week and a half of spring training last year because he was dealing with some sort of personal issue? The team never really told you what was going no, on. No, that was right after Jeff Bagwell said he was going to be ready for opening day. Because yeah. they were all under the impression of oh, this is just, and then it turned out he had a setback. And the Astros, who love to never tell you anything about injuries, didn't tell you anything about his injury. And he comes back, and then he has a bigger setback and the next thing you know oh he's going to be out till may yeah and then yeah. may became june and then june became july <laughs> and that's how that that all spiraled downhill but jim crane you want to know why they didn't talk to michael conforto you want to know why they didn't talk to brandon nimmo you want to know why they didn't talk to um you know the who's a outfielder uh, andrew benintendi they didn't talk to any of those guys because they were already under the edict before free agency even started, they were only going to talk to Michael Brantley. Yeah, but you didn't know that was going to happen. Jim Crane friggin' said so. You didn't know that was going to happen. No, I mean, nobody and, and did. You, you didn't. You didn't kick the. Uh, at least I didn't. I I love the idea of bringing Michael Brantley back. I mean, uh, you just you didn't know. And again, you know all of the all of the guys that you're talking about. You know, look, Jim Crane. Solely behind it. Look, yeah, of course. He's the owner. He's going to make the final call. We know what role that he'd stepped into at the time that they did not have an official general manager. Sure. Ultimately. Let me they ask you this three question. assistant general managers. Yeah. They had Jeff Bagwell as basically... How many of those guys are still here, by the way? Uh, One of them. Is. Yeah. But Jeff Bagwell was basically the Roger Goodell of the Astros. It was his job to stand out there and take the bullets for Jim Crane. It was his job to be the spokesperson, mm -hmm. the mouthpiece for Jim Crane. And Bags did his job. And so many people were just ripping on Bagwell like somehow he's the general manager, he's the puppet master, doing all these things. If you have any clue about how the Astros work, you know that's a stupid-ass idea. Mm. Well, nobody's, some some didn't, apparently. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because it's easier to get clicks and talk crap mm -hmm. than it is to actually know what the hell's going on. And, you know, the truth is less sexy than the storyline. I just thought that was pretty evident, though. Um, honestly, if you paid any attention to what Jeff Bagwell has said for literally years about not wanting to uh, take on that type of a role, um, and then understanding what kind of guy Jim Crane has been since he's gotten here as owner in front of the camera and in front of the microphone, he was effectively a mouthpiece, a spokesman, as you say, for the Astros and nothing more. Um, and if you want a, a lot of the reason why James Click isn't here, because he couldn't handle Jim Crane being up his rear end all the time. <laughs> right. Uh, they were not uh, simpatico. Let's just put it that way. Maybe more so now with Dana Brown, and I get the feeling that uh, that's going to be a pretty good relationship. 713-572-4610 if you want to weigh in. Coming up next, you're going to be on or off the bandwagon. It's time. Area 45 next on Sports Radio 610. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there 
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. I'm on a Yeah, he's been off the wagon two years. Off the wagon? I think it's off the wagon. I think it's on the wagon. You're back on the wagon. Right off the wagon. What the hell do you know about wagon? I know enough not to get on. Them. Told you. There's lots of All right, it's time to get on or get off. Let's play the bandwagon. Sean, you ready to have a little bit of fun? Let's here? go, baby. All right. It's my favorite segment of the night. So. We're getting ready for spring training here, and uh, tomorrow will be the first uh, spring training game. Astros' first game will be uh, Saturday. Yeah, They'll take on the Nats. Well, spring training back in 1936. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was yesterday in 1936. Joe DiMaggio would head to his first major league spring training. So DiMaggio is from California. And was uh, playing for the San Francisco Seals. Mm -hmm. He played there from 32 to 35. In fact, in 1935, he was the PCL MVP. Hit 398. Had 154 RBI. (laughs) uh, 34 homers. Uh, The Seals won the PCL title. And he's getting, you know, called up to the Yankees. How old is he in 36? Uh, 22, 23, something like that. Damn, okay. So he's getting called up to the Yanks. And, you know, they're driving from San Francisco to St. Pete. But Jody's not driving. No, Tony Lazeri and Frank Crisetti, they're the ones doing all the driving. From San Francisco to St. Pete because Joe DiMaggio did not know how to drive yet. He was 21 in 1936. And didn't know how to drive. <laughs> If this happened today with a young star not knowing how to drive, it would absolutely break the internet with clowning. Are you on or off the bandwagon? Oh, my God, yes. We haven't heard anything like that. I was... Do you remember Bryce Harper when he first came up with the the Nationals? Was he 18, 19 years old? 19, yeah. And, like, what, in his first year or second year, like, they win the division, right? And they were all making fun of him. All the papers are making fun of him, radio host, because he couldn't drink. He couldn't celebrate, you know, after they won the division. Ken Griffey, I don't know if they ever won the probably never won the division back then when he was playing with his pops at, like, 18, 19 with the Mariners. But um, I would imagine, yeah, like, if that happened today, it would be all over the place. Like, never mind the drinking, but if you couldn't drive, yeah, I mean, your ass is toast, man. And that Major League Clubhouse, are you kidding me? 100%, I'm on that bandwagon. Yeah, I'm on it, too. I mean, I can't imagine the memes that would be on X, formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> um, just people, I just can't imagine, man. I can't imagine. I mean, but I he's 21. Like, back in the day, like, kids, you were driving probably when you were 13, 14 years old, yeah, right? I mean, you're talking about farm. the 30s. You know, if you lived on a farm, I mean, he lived in San Francisco. He took a trolley everywhere. You didn't have to drive. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. Fair. If he's, you know, yeah. I mean, if you were a kid growing up in Brooklyn, you didn't have to drive. I was going to say New it's York, Chicago. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I guess you didn't have to. I mean, do you think Yogi was driving back in the day when he was... No, a- I hope Yogi was never driving. <laughs> <laughs> like blocks tied to his feet to reach the pedals and stuff. <laughs> tell me that you don't like think. Uh, did you ever see uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? That's what I. That's the reason why so, I said so that. Short yeah. round the blocks. Short round, yes. This is Mister Round. Short round. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to go next, Mister Jones? <laughs> I very little. You cheat very big. <laughs> but like when when you said, could you imagine? I mean, just Eli Apple, who was drafted by the Giants. Mm-hmm. His his rookie season, his mom would drop him off at training. <laughs> what about Amobi Okoye with the Texans? Remember him? He was like 19. Yeah, he was right? 19. He didn't know how to drive. He didn't know how to drive. But like, imagine you have, like, Caleb Williams coming into the NFL, and he doesn't know how to drive. <laughs> the internet would friggin' break. Oh, my God. Well, how many times do you think you would see the meme? Like, Mom, they're making fun of me, where he climbs up in the stands and he's oh, yeah. crying. Yeah, painting his... <laughs> Painting his fingernails pink and green because they, while he was sitting in the back seat getting driven around, <laughs> driving Miss Caleb, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, the internet would so break and it would be so it's, awesome. It's probably going to happen. It'll get out there. I mean, it, it, it's happening right now. You just don't know that it's happening. I, I think that would just be full bandwagon. That would be the absolute greatest freaking thing ever. <laughs> I love those old stories, though, by the way. All right, number two. So this is a rather interesting story. Uh, And it has to deal with uh, Dom DeSandro, the Eagles coach who uh, got himself in trouble on the sidelines and Mm -hmm. then essentially got banned from the sidelines. Uh Well, according to this story uh, for NBC Sports, Pro Football Talk, uh, there is this idea that this is obviously uh, published by your old friend, Mike Florio. Yeah. So, according to Florio's sources, Big Dom being suspended had a major negative impact on head coach Nick Sirianni because Sirianni would often get in his emotions mm-hmm. during games and... Dom would kind of get in between Nick and other players to prevent heated arguments. Yeah, so he was the buffer. On the sideline. Calmed everything so he was, down. He was the guy who kept the head coach from acting like an eighth grader. <laughs> and then he's off the sideline. The coach can't control himself. And the next thing you know, the Eagles are in a tailspin. The Philadelphia Eagles are about to come completely come undone this year. Are you on or off the bandwagon? Off the bandwagon. Off the bandwagon. I thought they were going to kind of reclaim, you know, a little bit of the mojo because they're so damn good towards the latter half of the season. They just they couldn't do it. I mean, I guess I the timeline, does it match up, by the way, when DeSandro was no longer allowed on the sideline and this tailspin of finishing one and six the rest of the way? Does that timeline match up? Does a timeline match up, like when DeSandro couldn't be on the sideline? It it does kind of match up. All right. I just, they're too good. Jalen Hurts is good. There's, I don't know their free agent status this year, if they're going to be losing a bunch of guys or how they are, but I, they're not going to, they're not going to be as bad as they were in the second half. I'll tell you that much. I mean, they're going to be competing for a playoff spot. Probably be one of the top 10 favorited teams to win the Super Bowl. So I'm off that bandwagon. Uh, uh, I'm on it. Um, Eagles offensive line is getting a little bit older. Um, Nick Sirianni is just, he just, uh, I don't like him, man. He just, he's on the sideline, just always just goofy looking, man. I swear (laughs) he's goofy looking and literally fighting with players on the sideline. Nah, man, like you got a coach like that. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. I'm on this bandwagon. I hope the Eagles, you know, go all the way down. Do you really see that happening? He did I mean, have the weirdest introductory press conference. I mean, he was just... It wasn't the weirdest. The weirdest was... Adam uh, Gase, the crazy yeah, eyes. Yeah, crazy <laughs> eyes. Damn, uh, like, real-life emoji with the googly eyes. I want to you know? speak this into existence because F Philadelphia. I want to speak this into existence because I want... That's your giant... The Eagles to fail. <laughs> 
I want them to burn. I want them to crash. Screw Philadelphia and all their nonsense and their filthy ass city. I want them to burn. And if that means Nick Sirianni has to be the sacrificial lamb for their burning, sorry, Nick. <laughs> Hope this ain't too hot for you. Yeah. You ain't going to be picking me up when you circle back around. I'm staying off that bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Hey, you know, they just changed the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about changing it again. Stop. So uh, according to Pete Thamel, they discussed a 14-team college football playoff at the management committee meetings in Dallas yesterday. This is some made-up committee. And what? that if it happened, it would begin in 2026. It's not imminent, but it is significant that uh. the idea was discussed. This according to Pete Thamel. Uh, college football playoff should just go straight to a full 16-team bracket, make it look just like a bracket in the in NCAA tournament, and call it the FBCS. Are you on or off the bandwagon? <sighs> I'm off. I'm off. They need massive realignment. They need to figure this thing out and just create equal conferences. Make all the conferences equal. Was there 132 teams in Division I FBS football this past season? That's an even number. Make an even number of conferences. All the conference champions... You know, you take the top 12 highest-ranked conference champions and you have the bowl system, the current CFP that they agreed upon, and just do it. The reason why they're rethinking, they're not rethinking about changing what they already decided upon. They're doing this for whenever these TV deals come up and the Pac-12 officially goes away and Washington State and Oregon State latch on to another conference officially, and then you get back to a power five. And so it's really still going to be a five plus seven, I would imagine, or a six plus six um, when you get to 2026. Then they're going to change it again, like in the next five years, because they have not fixed the real problem. And it's, it's just an imbalance of these conferences. Some have a championship, some don't have a championship. Pac-12 is a Pac-10 or a Pac-2, Pac-16. It's stupid. Uh, no, I'm, I'm... Pack it up and go. I'm, I'm off the bandwagon. They're screwing it up and they can't even enjoy something they decided on five minutes ago. I, I, I think it's, whole, it's just dumb. As usual, college football. I'm off this bandwagon, man. Ugh. How about we first... Let's see how this 12-team thing goes, and then we can kind of talk about it. They're talking about two years from now? No, 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 no. Let's slow down. Let's see how everything goes with what they just changed, and then let's decide. 12 is perfect because it's always about the top 10. Nobody cares about top 25. Nobody talks about top 15. It's always about the top 10. So they chose 12 because nobody's going to bitch about, you know, the 13th and 14th best teams in the country getting screwed, you know, was a scenario that played out yesterday that we discussed? Liberty, right? The 13th ranked team. 23rd. 23rd. But they were 13-0. and They're 13-0. and They were Conference USA champs. Uh-huh. And they got moked by Oregon. By in the Oregon. Festival, and they would have gotten Michigan. They would have gotten Michigan. If, if they operated underneath this, what we're going to operate in 2024, this college football season, if they, they would have gotten in and they would have had to play Michigan, they would have gotten smoked. Like, nobody's... Nobody's complaining about that. Like, we've got Michigan this perfect would have system now. Scored seventy yeah, on them. But we've got this perfect system now, and so you can see basically what you see in week one and week two: bad games, like blowouts, like the haves versus the have-nots. That's what you want. Why couldn't we just leave it for the top four? Listen, let's just go to thirty-two teams. It'll look just like the FCS, only it'll be determined by the CFP. So we'll call it the FBCS. Uh, and they will do an FBS-style FCS tournament. And it will mm. be completely ridiculous. We will have a ton of extra games. They'll make extra money. They'll make lots of extra money. <laughs> There'll be a ton of postseason football. And 
at the end of the day, the same four teams that everybody thought were going to make the Final Four will make the Final Four, and those will be the games that we watch yeah. the week before the Super Bowl. Why you got to get me all fired up on this mess? <laughs> God, I can't. College football is so frustrating to me. Hey, uh, we're about out of time, but first, before we uh, end this segment, I want to give a shout out uh-huh. to Rick Lane. Good old Rick Lane. Rick Lane sent us three texts in a row. <laughs> your show is worst, not the worst. Just your show is worst. Total a holes. Then he texted us a minute later. Listen to your set. Dumb. And then he texted us less than a minute later. <laughs> jerks. Listen to your set. Thank you for listening, Rick Lane. Thank you for listening. Thank you for texting. Thank you for being a supporter of our program. And I hope that you have a wonderful evening. And I also hope that your wife still loves you after all of your hatred. Coming up next. (laughs) Why the NFL won't ever let us hear the most intriguing audio to come from the Super Bowl. We'll get you that. And bold claim or Stephen A just being an absolute... Uh, what Rick Lane called a-hole. That's next at Sports Radio 610. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. You expected someone else? So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bishani and Creighton. Area 45 back with you at Sports Radio 610. I love our conversations during the break. <laughs> we'll we'll have them one day on the air, man. I mean, it's more baseball stuff. I love it. Um, I've never enjoyed... Uh, working with a baseball guy as much as you, uh, PC. I absolutely love it, man. They put two baseball <laughs> nerds in the same room for three hours a day. You just wait. Come March 28th, opening day, it is absolutely on. You're going to be able to check out Astros um, here with us on the Houston Post Game Show. We're going to have it for you on Sports Radio 610, get you an extra hour of coverage. Uh, looking forward to it, man. Hey, we're going to go for, We're going to go to 11 o'clock. Uh, with H Town post game, and and you know bring you a full post game show. Uh, after each game during the week, so uh, you you can make us your home for Texans. You can make us your home for Astros. And if we're gonna be fair, and and I'm not trying to toot my own horn on this, but if we're gonna be fair, you got the two best baseball guys in the city on right after the game. There's no need to change the dial. We're right here. Toot the horn all you want to, man. Let's do it. I'm here for it. I cannot wait. Uh, I wanted to get to this last night, but I bring it to you right now. Uh, We all want to know what Travis Kelsey said to Andy Reid during that uh, confrontation they had in the uh, second quarter of the Super Bowl. However, I saw this report yesterday. According to Ryan Glassbeagle of the New York Post, 
He reported that the mic'd up altercation will likely stay buried forever. It was not a part of inside NFL's mic'd up moments, which gives credence to the reports. And unfortunately, he says it will never be. Probably won't happen because of how people reacted to it, uh, as if they'd never seen a heated uh, player or coach interaction before. How disappointed are you guys that we're never going to hear this? And I've, I told Chris this earlier. We, I looked for this, even after you did, Chris. I could not find it. I am mad at uh, freaking John Boy because that dude, he lip reads everything. He does a good job. He does a great job. He's the only person that does it, and he literally does everything. He'll lips, lip read women's basketball, like any major story, altercation, confrontation, He's drama. He's come a sports. long way from Beltron's niece. He <laughs> from, really, I mean, look, if, if we're going to be fair. From Beltron's niece? I'm going to be. I'm gonna try to be fair. John Boy uh, has really changed the way he runs his media stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the one that did the whole Beltron's niece thing. Like, you know, there was this fake account. It was Beltron's niece saying about Altuve and the buzzer and all this. Oh, I didn't know that account, but I knew he was the buzzer guy. Yeah. John Boy got a lot of run Mm -hmm. on ESPN New York on the Michael K show because Michael K voice of the Yankees, total bitch, um, (laughs) uh, about anything Astros. Yeah. And, uh, so John Boy with all his conspiracy theories is getting a ton of run on ESPN because all the Yankee fans listening to Michael K. So, yeah, of course. So, you know, big group think. And John Boy said, you know, look, I'm not a journalist. I just, you know, this is just uh, entertainment. Mm -hmm. But realized so many people were now following what he did and how to monetize it and then got money invested into his company to make it like a real media company. And now he's partnering with former major league players and they've gotten away from that hokey, you know, fake account. They've gotten away from all that crap. And they've gotten more into actual media programming. They do podcasts and shows with guys who are former players. Yeah. They do this thing with the Lipper. He's actually created a really nice brand. He making some money. Oh, God I know. bless him. He kills it. He uh, kills it. I never, I never let really, the buzzer thing bother me. You he know? has changed from just, hey, we're just going to, you know, all Yankees boo everybody else. Oh, it's everything. Into... Something of like a real online media company. So give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah. No, I, I, I love it. I was just disappointed that he didn't do it. I mean, that's like the biggest, that's the biggest, uh, you know, dr- piece of drama from the Super Bowl, aside from what actually happened in a game. Does it bother that's you right that up his alley. to not know what it is? Like, is it eating at you that you have to know? Yeah, what I want to know. I want to know. See, I don't give a damn. I want to know. I, I, I almost feel it. like it's better that people don't know because no matter what it is, it's going to get blown so far out of proportion. Well, that's, if if Andy if it was a big deal to Andy Reid, he would have reacted, and there would have been some kind of consequence. It wasn't that big a deal to Andy Reid. If it wasn't a big deal to Andy, it shouldn't be a big deal to us. I know, but I want to see it. I don't care. Like I, I just I want to see it. Sean Bajani going full old washwoman here with gotta have the gossip. Gotta, gotta have it next on Oz the football turns. <laughs> but everything you just said is exactly what the NFL is thinking. This cannot be good. You know, it's a bad look. And the way that people immediately reacted to that is, I think, the number one reason why we're not going to hear. Maybe we will one day, you know, years, maybe maybe months, but I would presume years down the road uh, when Kelsey's done, you know, playing. Somebody will leak it. It'll happen. Uh, I heard this the other day from Stephen A. Smith. He was on... Uh, Micah Parsons podcast, the uh, Cowboy Edge Rusher. What else was he on? Well, he was on one. He was on something. He was on one. Now, it is important to note, and I know many people that are listening right now already understand this about Stephen A. Smith. He is not exactly a resident Cowboy fan. Uh, He is a Cowboys troll. Uh, Made this bold claim. Or was it a bold claim? Was he just trolling when he was discussing Dak Prescott in the disappointing way that he and the Cowboys finished the season? Take a listen. He ain't even the best quarterback in Texas. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. 
They both had a great start. Dak went offensive rookie of the year. CJ went offensive rookie of the year. How can you say that? They both had a great start. They both had a great start. They both had a great start. You cannot do that. You go sit here and Dak's rookie year, how far did he take? How far did he take the uh, Dallas Cowboys? Well, they lost to Green Bay. It doesn't matter. He lost to uh, Baltimore. They went. The, they beat it the same way. Right? Did he win? Did Dak Prescott win the playoff game that first year? Yes, he did. Did he? Did they win the first year? Yeah. Yeah. They lost to Green Bay. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. They lost to Aaron. They're the same start. Don't do that, Steve. <laughs> you can cut it, Chris. <laughs> but what did he do this year? Did Dak Prescott win a playoff game this year? No. Now, who'd they lose to? They lost to Green Bay. They lost to Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. All right. Dak Prescott lost to Jordan Love. <laughs> CJ Stroud. Lost to Lamar Jackson. Those two things are not like the other. Yeah, I love it, man. I, look, I'm not ready to go there. Like, I don't. Even, you can't even have a serious conversation about this. I don't think he's not even the best quarterback in Texas. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let me tell you something about the quarterbacks in the state of Texas, Christopher. <laughs> Let me tell you something, cause you're not gonna like it. <laughs> That guy up there in Dallas, he ain't as good as a guy in Houston. (laughs) You know my favorite thing, and it's probably played out, but I laugh every time. After the Cowboys lose, you know, Stephen A. tweets out the video, and it's just like the slow pan to his face, and he just starts laughing. He does this as the giant middle finger to skip. Yeah, of course. I love it. Well, and to all Cowboy fans. I mean, that's just what it is. But, uh, all right, I'll ask you the question. How long before C.J. Stroud is universally uh, acknowledged as the best quarterback in Texas? Week six. Week six? Week six. When did, well, okay, we don't know when the Texans and the Cowboys officially play each other this year, but they will play each other. Week six. After the Texans beat the Cowboys, if it's week six, you think? And the Cowboys are... Trying to figure out why the hell they're three and three, and their offense is scoring nineteen points a game. <laughs> Do you think anybody actually believes that C.J. Stroud's better than Dak Prescott right now? Everybody should believe C.J. Stroud is better than Dak Prescott right now because he is. Do you really think so? Absolutely. Explain. I have to explain this. Yeah, I mean, look, Dak puts up great numbers. He's coming off of one of the best seasons that he's had in his eight, nine-year NFL career. And CJ had and when it matters one of the most, greatest rookie seasons of every quarterback. But we've seen Dak like go and lead his team down the field on game-winning drives and has had fourth-quarter comebacks. I mean, do you put everything all on Dak Prescott? And like after he's had the career that he's had for eight, nine years... You're going to sit here and tell me that C.J. Stroud right now after one year is better than Dak Prescott. That's a legitimate question because did he have a better season than Dak Prescott last year? Well, statistically, no. <laughs> I'd say statistically, yes. He didn't. He didn't throw for more pass yards. Do you have he didn't to throw have, for more yards? He, he didn't have a better touchdown to interception ratio. He did have a better touchdown to interception ratio. No, Dak was like 27 and 36 9. And 9. 36 and 9. C.J. didn't throw nine picks. No, he threw five, but he only had 23, 22 touchdowns. Probably at a better rate. And Well, you know, no, play. no, you're right. CJ did technically have a better touchdown to interception ratio. I remember the number. He did have the best. He, he didn't play as many games, but CJ threw for more yards per game. Okay. Because he was number one in the league. Yeah. If he wouldn't have missed those two games, he would have been the all And you know what? CJ didn't have CD Lamb. That, that's kind of important. He didn't have CD Lamb. But why do we? Why do you discount like good receivers? Because you want the Texans to have good receivers now. I do, but you know what? Who? Uh, you know, you look at uh, some of the games. Dak threw. Uh, Dak threw three picks in a loss to San Francisco, where they got annihilated. Okay, CJ threw three picks in a game he, that they lost. He's a rookie. Uh, Dak was a non-factor in a destruction blowout uh, late in the season. In Buffalo, we threw 134 yards in a game that they were never in. The next week, in Miami, they lose. They scored 20 points. They lose to Miami. These are games, hey, this guy at one point 
people talk about him as as MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Nuh-uh. When I mean, it matters most, nuh-uh. I, I'm not sitting here trying to, to, to defend Dak, but I, I, I'm literally curious. Like, he's... You're you're saying C.J. Stroud is better after one year than a guy that's been doing this year after year after year, producing like this. How good are you right now today? Not how good is your career versus how good is my career. Where are you right now today? I'll tell you what. If you gave Jerry Jones the chance to swap out Dak Prescott for C.J. Stroud right now today, money be damned, he's making that trade. Well, you would think so. You would think so. I mean, higher ceiling. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess. I guess. I mean, and I'm just thinking back. When we talk about where CJ ranks, you're right. After this season, is he a top five, top six quarterback? And how long do you have to get to before you get to Dak Prescott? Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. I mean, keep in mind, against the Packers in their own building, in the wild card round, they were down 27 nothing. Mm-hmm. Where was Dak? Yeah. Where was the 27 nothing? Yeah, that was silly. That was silly. Yeah. All right. I guess I can roll with that. Uh, by the way, I want to give some more shout outs here. Uh, Erica Cervantes texted in and said, finally tuned in tonight. I thought y'all sucked, but y'all aren't bad at all. Good job, Cervantes. Appreciate uh, you, man. And Wandy. So stick with us. Wandy said, man, I don't know what that other guy's talking about. I really enjoy this show. You guys make the night of sports radio fun. Appreciate you, Wandy. There we go. Coming back around. See? Who was that first fella? Uh, I forgot his name. Doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> All right, we got to go. Rick. For, <laughs> for Chris Rick Santiago. The, it was the Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick. For Chris Santiago, he's Patrick Creighton. I'm Sean Bajani. It is Area 45, and we will be back tomorrow, 7 to 10, right here on Sports Radio 610. Have a great night, everybody. H-Town! Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co.